Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's a hashtag mailbag Monday. Reminder, if you want any question answered, uh, you can go on Apple Podcast and leave a five-star review. Download, subscribe while you're there. Leave the five-star review, and we will answer it for you on a mailbag Monday. He's going to be coming throughout the off season. We've got tons of time. Uh, also coming throughout the off season in June, we're going to connect with, uh, we're going to do team by team podcast to sort of assess the state of every team in the NFL. We will connect with 32 different non CBS guests who cover all 32 different NFL teams. Um, and we'll get you ready for the 2020 NFL season. Two episodes a day, two divisions a week. That's right. Two episodes a day for your listening pleasure. We've already lined up some great guests. Those will be coming up. We'll still have mon- Monday mailbags. So keep dropping your questions. And if you have, if, if you have a question for those teams, so AFC, NFC East teams, you're listening on Monday. Uh, you still have time to maybe sneak that question in. Or, but if you have a different team other than those teams and you want to ask us a, a specific question to get insight from a specific writer who we'll have on for those shows. Now would be a good time to put it in Apple podcast because we'll see it. We'll add it to our list of questions. We're going to talk to him about, and you can get your question answered, not just by some slappy with a mic like me, but an actual NFL reporter. Uh, let's get to the mail. Uh, best NFL podcast minus Debo. <laughs> Finally. Somebody realizes the somebody understands the score around here, Debo. It's the score. No, I'm just kidding. This podcast was crap before Debo showed up, and uh, if, if Debo leaves, it'll stink again. I'm sure. Joey's probably a Pitt fan. He says, <laughs> yeah, he says Penn State question mark Really question mark It's like he went to school there. What do you want? <laughs> Were you a Penn State fan before going there, Debo? No, I actually was adamant that I would never go there because so many people from my town went there. But I kind of branched wow. out from that. So who did you root for in college before you went? I, I was I was always NFL. I was always the Eagles, so I didn't really. I just okay. gambled when I was like twelve. So oh, I forgot about that. I forgot that Debo always tells a story about how he used to run a book, run a. Oh, he he's, did? A, he's a middle school bookie. <laughs> like what a like. Nice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is from yeah, uh, Joey. Joey yes, from Joey Crenshaw, who says, "Love the podcast. Listen to it every day. Thankful that you guys aren't lazy like other podcasts that only put out two to three shows a week. You can infer whoever you want with that. I need my fix." 
Two questions here. First, obviously, Big Ben is coming back, but given his age and possible health concerns and with no reliable backup, what is or what should be the Steelers' long-term game plan at quarterback? They have a lot of young talent, so a rebuild seems like a waste. Second, keeping it in Pennsylvania, what is a realistic ceiling for the Eagles this year? On a side note, don't listen to people saying to stop using the Dickie V dunked on. I find Dickie V to be the most annoying person on the planet, but laugh every time I hear you play Dipsy Doo Dunkaroo. Love you guys. Love the Brady Quinn shows. I did- oh, oh, what a big jam. Wallace took it in his hands and said, up, up and away, Dipsy Doo Dunkaroo. I was going to say, I do think if we shortened the Dickie V dunked on it, maybe it wouldn't annoy as many people as often. But uh, yeah, Actually, I, I do kind of like that idea. Like, what if we chopped up the Dickie V? So it's like half and half. Like the what, Dickie if we, v- what if we chopped up Dick by tail? <laughs> that sounds good. No, but I do think if we broke up the clip, maybe it, it would uh, – Prompt less people, fewer people to turn off the podcast. There was actually, there was oh, I actually, think it's hilarious that we had one guy said he hated it, and then we had all these Dickie V defenders come out of the woodwork uh, and say, no, keep it. I want to hear all the Dickie V's. I'm with, I'm with Joey. Like, I mean, I'm not playing it. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess obviously I'm playing it because I think it's funny, but like, like, like legitimately every time I, like I play it, I have to hit a, a button so I can also hear it when you guys are hearing it, but I want to hear it. I like it, it, I don't know what it is about the like he's like, oh what a jam. Like I think Dickie V's annoying as hell too, but I find that sound bite to be just absolutely hysterical. So we'll use it with uh yeah, we'll keep using it. It's a dunked on, but maybe we'll figure out a way to chop it up, split that sound bite in half. Like it could you could cut it off at like what a jam. Just do dipsy doo dunkaroo. I think that's what I, I really like the what he's like, what a jam. Um you know what else we could do? We could grab uh maybe a uh a uh, NBA Jam sound break, sound clip. I, I have That's, a collection coming of of dunk clips. Okay. I think I think that might be the way to do it is to create a rotation of dunk dong clips, and then so that way, like when you get Dickie V, it's like a pleasant little surprise. So we'll just mix it up. How's that sound? Works for me. Oh, oh, also uh, the Steelers quarterback situation. Just gonna what, say. what uh, what uh, what do you think, Ryan? What should the Steelers plan be? You're the, you're the Steelers guy. What do you, how, on a scale of one to 10, how comfortable are you with, uh, the idea that, you know, after talking yourself into Big Ben's complete and total recovery, you know, recovery from this major elbow surgery that you're not going to see 16 games or 14 games of Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges in 2020? Big Ben, uh, being close to normal, I'm at about, uh, seven out of 10. I feel okay with that. Mm. But if he gets hurt, that's a problem. And, you know, you try to figure out why in God's name you would stick with Mason Rudolph after what transpired last year. And defenders will say, well, he played okay up until he got concussed by Earl Thomas. And then he was terrible, of course, when he came back. And then he actually wasn't that bad uh, up until the moment that he got hurt. He came back for a game or so when they – I think they must have benched Duck or something. But at the end of the day, he was terrible. Let's be honest. He wasn't a good quarterback. So uh, I would pre- prefer Marcus Mariota sign this offseason. I think he signed for two years, $7 million each year. I mean, that's stealing. Even cheaper, Jameis Winston, even cheaper still, or at least he's still in the market. Cam Newton, so there are options. But um, clearly, clearly Mariota and Winston were happy to be backups. I don't think Cam necessarily wants to do that. So unless the Steelers think that Ben ain't going to play and they want to get Cam, I don't think Cam will be there. But they are apparently invested in Mason Rudolph. The only thing I will say is that they have a quarterback's coach, in Matt Canada for the first time in I, as long as I can remember. So that's one less thing the office coordinator has to do. And maybe former, 
NC State offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Yeah, he's, he's, um, I think he was at Maryland too, most recently, but right. So he has a lot of experience in college. We'll see. Maybe that helps, but I ain't expecting miracles from Mason Rudolph. I am concerned if Big Ben does in fact get hurt or is unable to play because that, that's, look, it ain't going to be eight and eight again. That, that, that lightning ain't going to strike twice. Uh, also, uh, Jason Lockett Ford and I talked about this last week a little bit. It's entirely possible. Like, so the Steelers, if you look at the cap for Big Ben, like if they, you know, I mean, they're not going to cut Big Ben. It'd be $44.5 million dead against the cap in, in 2020. Um, just 22.25 dead against cap in 2021. It does feel like, okay, Big Ben says he's healthy. This is a weird off season. You know, we can't, I mean, you know, we know Mason, we know Duck. It's going to be hard to find a guy you don't know. Would Cam, how would Cam be with the dynamics of that? We think we could win running the ball and playing defense. Let's roll into 2020 hoping Ben's healthy. And if he is, we're a Super Bowl contender. And if something goes awry, then, you know, worst case scenario, we have a pretty high draft pick in the 2021 NFL draft where I, th- I think it would be stunning if the Steelers didn't somehow address the, the, like to, to me, next year is almost the year where you address it. I thought they should have, Ryan mentioned Marcus Mariota. I thought they should have gone after Andy Dalton. And I know that yeah. sounds crazy, but look. Andy Dalton, he's from the AFC North. He's familiar with all those teams. You want a good backup quarterback in place. Otherwise, if the, if the Steelers would have had a competent backup quarterback last season, they would have been a playoff team, like no brainer playoff team. And so I don't understand why they didn't go out and get one this year. And I think Andy Dalton would have been a good fit. There you go, guys. There is your patented John Breach, Andy Dalton mention of the day sponsored by ginger, ginger beer. Ginger beer. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say like, uh, what's that stuff that old people use to keep their teeth and keep, keep the teeth in the mouth? How about Red Hots? Sponsored by Red Hots. Um, he also mentioned the, uh, uh, Joey mentioned the Eagles as well. What is a realistic ceiling for the Eagles this year? I, Super Bowl? Super Bowl. Yeah. 10 yeah. minutes. No, I think it's higher than that. What's the low, what's the lowest worst case scenario? Um, so I mean, we don't need to, you know, we're not going to kowtow to Debo here, right? In a no, let's say everyone stays healthy. Worst case scenario. Now let's go around the horn. What's the worst case scenario for? Uh, I'll I'll start unless somebody else is ready to go. I would say if everybody stays healthy, you know, relatively healthy, no one gets. So like, like Carson, Carson, Wentz, Carson Wentz plays. That's I'm getting. Binky. I'm getting 16 games out of Carson Wentz. Sure. I think the floor for this team is eight and eight. Yeah, I agree. I was, was going to say seven or eight. Yeah, seven, I was gonna yeah. seven and yep. nine. Yeah, I was going to say seven and nine, but that's will be that's worst case scenario with people healthy. I'm I will trying, say their schedule's tough. Their schedule, they have a stretch where they play three straight games. I wrote a thing that people can go check out the hardest stretches that any team faces. Pass uh, in the NFL in 2020, <laughs> and the Eagles were on the top five. They have a stretch where they play the 49ers, Steelers, and Ravens all in a row. Those are three very tough games. They have a stretch later in the season where they play the Seahawks, Packers, and Saints all in a row. So, I mean. There is definitely a few stumbling blocks in their schedule. Okay. Uh, moving along to the next, uh, next podcast review from, uh, you, the 1103 on Apple Podcasts, drunk presidents in brunch. Hello, super friends. I've been listening for about a year. Love the pod. Ignore the hater who says you guys should cut to the chase. I uh, don't worry. We will, uh, even just by subconscious. Uh, I love the presidents and brunch talk. I have a question for the guys as a lifelong Texans fan. I'm not sure what Billy O'Brinson is doing, but I stand by the clowny trade. Wilson dunks on it all the time, but what do the Seahawks get out of it? Two and a half sacks? 
and lost two players in a third round pick for a player who they rented for a year as of right now. Thanks, Josh. P.S. Brussels sprouts are not a Thanksgiving food and love the Dickie V soundtrack. Do not take that off. Oh no, his finger is hovering. I can see it. You can tell he's a uh, loyal, a loyal listener. He cited so many different things that you know the Brussels sprouts, the Dickie V, uh, Ryan trashing Billy O'Brenson, like. Was the was the Brussels sprouts less than you? Was it really last Thanksgiving? That was this past Thanksgiving. Everything <laughs> feels five years older. Remember, uh, Debo has been like doing this podcast for less than a year, like with us. I feel like Debo's like oh. my stepbrother. Debo has aged forty years in the last. <laughs> Debo's got like twelve promotions since he started doing this. Yeah, thing. He deserves it. Podcast, so that- good, podcast, good or bad for you, Debo? One word answer. <laughs> One word. Uh, good. That's it. Good. Uh, I'm sorry. You, you lost. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You would say good, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I, as you guys know, I I drove home last week. My mom did say that I looked about 10 years older to, <laughs> to, to, hilarious. to say what Ryan said. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, well, mom, you listen to Will Brinson talk with him on for like two and a half hours every day. You'll want to, you'll, it's like, it's like being the president of the United States. I was going like, to say, it's like the Obama photo of how gray his hair got by the end of his eight yeah. years. We we needed to take a before Debo picture when he started on the pick six and then when he finally quits. Debo, Debo like leaves a podcast and somebody's like, so when is your 40th birthday? He's like, I'm 28. Uh, so anyway, the, the Texans. Hey, let me ask quickly. Do, do I dunk on the clowny trade? I don't recall. I think, I think you like the rest of the free world dunk on Billy O'Brinson. And one of the, I think one of the listeners are, um, said on, on Apple iTunes review that, uh, we should try to disassociate the Texans from Billy. I think we talked about that with Billy O'Brinson, the coach and Billy O'Brinson, the GM. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to do that. Okay. Are, like moving forward or like right now? I, um, <laughs> both. I, I didn't want to interrupt you if you had some other thoughts. Uh, that's, I think that is a hundred percent correct, but go away. Go ahead. I mean, go ahead. Don't go away. Yeah. I don't, I think probably my reaction to the, if I was dunking on the clowny trade, it was probably based in Billy O'Brinson being Billy O'Brinson. But you know, I just said in the last podcast, if uh, you, the 1103 listened to, to that one on Friday, that I don't necessarily think that uh clowny signing in Cleveland's magic is going to fix that team to another win or win and a half. Um, Sean felt a little differently about it than I did. Uh, but yeah, I'm okay with trading Clowney. Uh, I had no issue, or at least I don't now. If I did, it was probably just slanted by <laughs> not taking Billy O'Brenson seriously. But I, I do think, and, and I give Sean a hard time about this, um, I think the Texans have a chance to be okay because of Deshaun Watson, and that's Sean's argument. But I do think Bill O'Brenson has to do a better job of not being GM. <laughs> uh, well, the coaching stuff, fair enough. I mean, you can have questions about it, but we talked about it. They win a lot of football games with Bill O'Brien, but the GM stuff, they got to figure out and it has to be figured out with Bill O'Brien not being the general manager. But that's not going to happen because they yeah, he, he's literally just handed forever. him the official title. All right. Well, anyway, that's my, question. I don't think they're going to fire him as GM and keep him as coach. I feel like he will hold both and they will be tied to each other. And if he gets fired to see him, that probably means the Texans suck and they'll move on and move on from him as a coach. I, I don't know. People are like, well, what happens if the Texans stink this year? Does Bill O'Brien get fired? It's like, who's firing him? Like, the, it's not even like it's Bob McNair. He passed. His son is running things. And like, he's inherently tied himself to, uh, Jack the preacher and, and Billy O'Brinson. Like it's, you're, you're listening to these two guys who are selling you whether or not it's a bunch of magic beans or an actual, you know, an actual like a uh, legitimate sales pitch that will work out that they're going to build the new age version of the Houston Texans or the, the, the new England Patriots as part of the Houston Texans. And here sort of like, here's my thing though. So uh, Bill O'Brien took over in 2014. 
right? So yes. starting in two thousand because he was hired on New Year's Eve on 2013, um, or New Year's Eve 2014, whatever it is. December 31st, 2013. You get the point. Um, since then he has had six drafts, I believe. Jadavion Clowney was his first pick. Kevin Johnson in the first round after that. Will Fuller after that. Those are pretty decent picks. Kevin Johnson didn't pan out as well as they wanted. Neither did Clowney, I think you could argue, but you know, they've sort of battled some injuries. Deshaun Watson after that. And then Titus Howard. So like, I, I think when you look at what happened after Bill O'Brien accumulated all of his power, you have to worry a little bit, even as you're getting players, um, you know, like a Kenny Stills, who's been effective, um, like Larry Tunsil, who's been very good, but got overpaid. I think to Ryan's point is like, he doesn't separate Bill O'Brien, the GM from Bill O'Brien, the head coach. And I, I just worry a lot about a team that keeps giving away first round picks. To me, it's almost similar in a lot of ways to the Seattle Seahawks, uh, who did that with Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson covered up a bunch of flaws. Deshaun Watson is capable of doing that, but at some point you run the risk of undercutting this fundamental pillar of your, of your franchise, the, you know, the, the, the quarterback by not putting enough young players at cost effective, uh, salaries around him with those early picks. Well said, Brenton. Thank you. Billy O'Brenton is in Billy O'Brenton's head. That's what I hear there. Yeah, but you know what? The other thing is that as weird as bad as Bill O'Brien, the general manager, has been, I mean, we mentioned all the time he's gone to the playoffs four of the past five years. We sit here and he bash what he does and somehow ekes out nine or ten or eleven wins because he has Deshaun Watson, uh, and that's what Russell Wilson's. That's what Deshaun Watson's do. They cover up your flaws, like you just said. So, you know, I think Bill O'Brien would have to not make the playoffs at least two years, including all these dumb moves he's made. Uh, to get canned. So I think he's there for at least a couple more years, even though I, I know a lot of people have questioned the DeAndre Hopkins trade and a bunch of other deals he's made. And, you know, look, there's a case to be made that maybe like, let's see how in fairness to Bill O'Brien, let's see how the DeAndre Hopkins thing works out. You know, like if, if, if Hopkins doesn't play well, or he's hurt as Pete Prisco has intimated or the, and the Cardinals are, are a five win team and the Texans win 10 games. I mean, what do you, what, what do you, what can you do but tip your cap to Billy O'B? Well, what if Hopkins goes for 1600 receiving yards, but David Johnson rushes for 1100 yards and 600 receiving yards? I mean, if the Texans uh, win 10 games and make the playoffs, like it's, you just have to, I mean, like he can keep making these moves we don't like and we don't understand, but if they keep winning, in spite of it, like it's, it's hard to really say anything else, you know? It's going to empower him. He's going to get crazier with his moves. I mean, he's, he's got a 54 winning, 54% winning percentage in his career. I mean, like his, his teams just win football games despite him. Uh, okay. Next question. Somehow lost my place in the rundown as I do all the time. Oh, I know why. I was trying to avoid this one from Tebow904. Oh, Love the show. Listen daily. Please give Sean a full five minutes. Debo, uh, editor's note from Debo, one minute, without interruption <laughs> to dehumanize Christian McCaffrey and parrot Pete Prisco about how running backs don't deserve to get paid the same he did with Zeke, Gurley, etc. So, on that note, Sean, let the games begin. Well, I will just start first off by pointing out that Christian McCaffrey went to Stanford, which automatically makes him not a real human being because Stanford sucks. The second thing I will point out about Christian McCaffrey, as much as I love him as a robot football player because he is not human, is he went for almost 2,400 yards a year ago, 
and the Carolina Panthers still finished with five wins. And that's really the entire argument against running backs like Christian McCaffrey is that it's not a knock on him as a player. He's done everything literally in his power to drag the Carolina Panthers to relevance. And even when he was at his best, they won five games. And that is the illustration of why you should not pay running backs a significant amount of your salary cap. And quite frankly, I'll go a step further as much as I love him and as much he's the best player on the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers should have shopped him this offseason as they enter a rebuild and gotten a first-round pick for him if possible by someone like, I don't know, Billy O'Brien. Okay, that was actually somehow not a full minute. Actually, I timed you at almost exactly a minute. Ryan had you uh, 57 seconds. Disappointing uh, in a sense because Sean couldn't – God knows. What if we given him five minutes? He would have like a drowned dog out there like begging for like somebody come in and talk. Uh, I would like to say on the record that no one interrupted you despite burning up a good five seconds with Stanford slander. Unnecessary Stanford slander. Um, and, uh, also, uh, sure, your points sounded fine, I guess. I was trying not to laugh because we all had stopwatches up at the, the camera. For what it's worth, is that the longest anyone on this podcast has talked without someone interrupting? No, Brinson's had tirades that go on for two and three minutes about just everyday things that happen to him. <laughs> and Brinson's gone at least one 20 minute tangent. I sure go on a tangent about the stupid fantasy league thing that's unfolding. They are going to throw me out of the league. Well, people will throw this podcast out of their listening rotation if you go on that tangent. Actually, one of the guys who who delivered oh a no, one of the guys listened to the show. Um, we don't need to know who he is. Yeah, he does. He said he actually delivered a, a well versed suck it up Buttercup email in response to my initial email. Uh, he is also bitter though that in 2017 I claimed uh, this guy off his practice squad for a third round future pick. His name Patrick Mahomes. Okay, uh, coming up after the break, the lost conversation from the Super Friends. Um, I guess we sort of need to explain this, but, uh, basically, who is the most narcissistic Super Friend? You'll tell you, you will, we'll tell you after the break in a conversation that occurred a while back, but had to get edited for clarity and time and has now been added on to this mailbag. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, this is from MMart6767. And this one, Ryan just took off his hat. He, this is a deep introspective. Uh, you know, break the, this is, this one's, this is gonna, this is gonna, MMart's gonna ask the tough questions. Good. I, I welcome it. Can the super friends fix Ryan Wilson? And so I, I thought this would be like, oh, like they want him to stop e-farting on the, uh, by the way, I think, I think, so we're being recording with Zoom. I think Zoom, I think it's a Skype thing. So, uh-huh. hey Skype, in the words of Pete Prisco, see ya! 
Um, so if somebody writes in and complains, gives us one star and says they want the farting back, does that mean we're going to switch back to Skype? Mm. Like you did with Dickie V here, and, and you're just killing Dickie V because one guy doesn't like him? Should I delete? I'm going to have a burner account that says I like Dickie V. I might give it five stars. The, the DGV clip just needs to be less than nine seconds. That's the problem. It needs to be like one second. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this guy says, can the super friends fix Ryan Wilson? It was not about Ryan's e-farting. Uh, instead, he said, hey, guys, longtime listener, absolutely love the pod. But seriously, can you guys fix Ryan Wilson, please? He was far and away my favorite super friend and overall guest that comes on the show. Un- there's a, you know there's a but. but. <laughs> Unfortunately... Ever since he got made junior draft analyst, he is narcissistic, dismissive. To be fair, he's always been dismissive, but it used to be in a funny way. And now he's just plain tough to listen to. Dude acts like he knows everything there is to know about teams and doesn't even entertain other people's opinions on the upcoming season because he's watched extensive tape on a pair of receivers from Rhode Island. Oh, my God. I have done that. Good for him for taking a step forward in his career and have enjoyed most of his draft takes, but the draft's over now. Hoping Brinson and the rest can call him out on his BS and get him back to the Wilson we've come to know and enjoy over the past few years. Wow. Ryan right, Wilson, well, too big for his britches. What do you have to say, Mr. Junior I Draft Analyst? I comment by Mmart6767. Yeah. No, I mean, listen. I'll ask you guys. Um, Where's the part where he really goes to town? Uh, did it, uh, narcissistic, <laughs> narcissistic dismissive. And now he's just playing tough to listen to. You would agree that I'm playing tough to listen to. I, 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 more narcissistic or dismissive than I've always been, you think? I will say, I will say this. Uh, one, I think you're actually the fourth most narcissistic super friend on this podcast. No, that's not true. Right. Narcissistic? Yeah, we know who's number one. I'm one. Sean's two. You think so? Sean is constantly preening in front of the camera and bragging about working out. Of course he's narcissistic. Yeah. All right, Sean. That's well, these rankings, I think, are from uh, pre-draft. Right now, I think M. Mart, he's right, and Ryan's ego has inflated bigger than Brinson's. It's and like I'm a hot air balloon that's just floating out into space. And I'm not working out right now because of quarantine, so I can't brag about it. So I'm I'm way down. Well, my, my question is, am I any more narcissistic or dismissive than No, so, so I think this is I think that he is taking this as narcissistic and dismissive, but what is really happening is that Ryan is just sick and bleeping tired of working. Like he worked his tail off leading That's up to the draft. And now he's just like, it's not like he's dismissive. He's just like, I just don't care. Like it's the off season there could, there could be, and I can't be. hear Brinson talk anymore. There's a lot of truth to that. That well, sucks. And, I, and I, that's very self-aware of you to realize that because I wasn't sure. No, I was seriously, I was, I was thinking about this because I'm not going to yell and scream it because I used to be his favorite podcast guy. I want to, I want to win him back because I can't fall. I think the last time we did the rankings, I came in second. Because the poll was loaded because Brinson had to bet the votes again. I, I, I do think that, like, the fact, like, this whole quarantine thing, I, I like, I've been, uh, f- far more, like, short, like, with communications to people, both personally and professionally, uh, than I ever have in my entire life. Uh, and I, like, I'm tired of my family. <laughs> I, I, they're sure they're tired. I know they're we tired gotta, of me. We gotta clip that and put it on Twitter. I mean, like, th- there's a lack of normal. And to add to that, like, up until the past week, we've been doing a daily NFL podcast and a daily NFL video show. And it's, it's, we love, we love what we do for a living. And, and, and to add to that, in the lead up to the draft, Ryan was doing like 20 HQ hits per day, writing multiple mock drafts. And I do really think in Ryan's defense that from basically after the Super Bowl until the draft, that guy was working about 15 hour days. And I could tell he was being short with us, not because it, it was just like in your quarantine. So it just was like a buildup of everything. 
He asked. Uh, he asked off like several pods, and he was like, "Yeah, for sure. Don't worry about it." Like, I did. Yeah, I, no, I knew he was run down when 15 minutes before we were about to start the podcast. He was like, "I have a heart out in 15 minutes." That <laughs> <laughs> was like it. What was that? A, what, was that true? Or are you making that up? No, it was literally the week after the draft. <laughs> oh, I wonder. I wonder what I had to do. But uh, no, that's very nice of you guys to say. But to, to bolster what you guys have just said, uh, Breach and Brinson both were on hand for two of my biggest. Work-related meltdowns. One at three in the morning after the Super Bowl, and then the other oh, one yeah, at was four awesome. in the morning after the first night of the draft. Sean was there for that one as well. Oh yeah. my god, I forgot. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah, I mean, like, and I'll say the other thing too is like, look, part of the part of the process of being a draft analyst is that you essentially have to create a sense of confidence in a bunch of opinions that like are mostly going to be wrong. Through that. So like you are in By the way, your your final mock draft got like fifty five percent more correct than, than my final mock draft. So that's exactly that's to your point. Well, I mean it, it was just blind luck. I mean uh the reason what I had got so, oh I got Andrew Thomas, that's why. You had Jay did you have Jalen Rager in there too? You had some some pick that was non uh traditional. Maybe towards the end of the first round. Uh Brandon Ayuk, I nailed to the forty yeah, nineers. Yeah. Um so team specific too. But like yeah, I mean, like, part of this job is, like, I, I don't create, I, like, I'm, I'm just me. Like, I don't, people are like, I mean, like, I don't, I don't like, I don't create some persona and act like it. I'm just, that's just who I am. Yeah, yeah but, uh, podcast, audio on or off, this is what you're going to get. Yeah, that guy who called Brinson a tryhard last week, that's just Brinson all the time. So yeah, there's no yeah. tryhard here. That is, yeah. that is, uh, if you don't, if you don't like me on this podcast, you better be glad you don't like hang out with me in real life. It's, it's <laughs> you you might want Brinson 2012 version. We found an old video clip of Brinson doing a uh, video. Yeah, but, uh, it was shy Brinson. But I was sort of, but I mean, I was sort of thinking about that. Like the more you do these bit, like, you you just get you just a little more confident in your opinions and you and you and I yeah, think the look, more you... I told you the first time they had me go on set of CBS Sports was October 2018. They just sent me up there. I had no idea what to do. I didn't know where to look. I didn't know where to put my hands. Poor Casey uh, Kieran, who was the host at the time, was like, "Oh my God, this guy's gonna have a heart attack on air." I got off <laughs> air, and Brian Tully, the producer, said, "Man, the first thing he said to me, man, you got to calm down." That's that's what he said. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, no kidding." But right, so you know, you do it for four or five years, you you just get a little better at it or at least used to it. Yeah, but, and, but part of being better is like it, you, you get more confident with what you're doing, but you also, ha- you also bring a level of confidence. And so I think what this guy is seeing is Ryan is worn down and more confident because he's done the job. If you like, you've, you're more confident because you've been a draft analyst for several drafts now. You're, but you're also like exhausted because of the draft and because of Corona. Yeah, no, I was actually thinking about it. I think hopefully part of it was me being tired. And not to mention they added that HQ show where every day we were talking to each other an extra hour. And it's not that he's tired. It's that he has to listen to us, you know, five days a week all of a sudden as opposed to maybe twice a week. Literally spent more time with you guys than my family. And on that show, because of the audio delay, he can't even, like, mount come. none of us can mount comebacks against each other because you just have to sit there. Except Brenton in the last episode where he just interrupted everything. (laughs) And... If we're, you know, being fully, full disclosure, there were various challenges when it came to all these productions. All right. All right. Moving along. In Mart 6767. I'll try to be better. I can't wait till Ryan's going to have this deep conversation with his wife at some point this weekend. My narcissistic. (laughs) We're we're about to get off season, Ryan, and that is peak Ryan. So I think he's going to win back in Mart before the end of the month. Yeah, that's that's what. End of June. 
Well, that's also the thing is there's some of us on this podcast, if we get that level of criticism, you know, we will think about it and try to do better. And then there's someone else on the podcast who will just lean <laughs> even more into it. Oh, you I, want I, narcissistic. If you don't like me, that's your problem, you man. You want narcissistic money. <laughs> yeah. I want to, if M. Mark is in Port Lauderdale the next time we're down there, I'll invite him to Jester's and I'll see if I can change his mind. That's, that's do you think I, Jester's has survived the pandemic? 100%. That place, you can't kill that thing with a nuclear bomb. The pandemic? <laughs> yeah, Jester's, Jester's might be like. Jester's was ground zero. <laughs> yeah, or, or like the vaccine. <laughs> Jester's, for those who don't know, is this very small, very crappy, very smoky bar in Fort Lauderdale near our hotel that Ryan took us to at two in the morning one time. They said before we were leaving, going home. They said, you just go in there at like three in the morning and like chief cigs and pound cores lights and like crappy well <laughs> vodka drinks. Can you smoke in Florida? Any other place except Jester's? No. <laughs> Jester's is like grandfathered in because they opened in 1941. Oh my god! Did you get on the plane? And like, I don't. I I hate the smell of smoke. And you, yeah. I can't believe anybody. Who, all who, of my stuff that I I put my shirt in my bag, my all of my clothes when I opened up smelled like smoke. Just like throwing a like throw the sweater in the trash. Like, don't even don't even bother. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Not a question. Oh, you know what? Uh, by the way, this uh, this portion of the program was supposed to be like 25 minutes and it's 45 so good job by me um that's what you get for not not here we knew this was gonna happen (laughs) the the podcast automatically doubles in time and he goes listening and banging his head against the wall (laughs) uh not a question but can we discuss the cardinals for a few minutes oh that Debo wrote that. Never mind. Best podcast around. <laughs> I work really long hours, pretty much 10 days a week with headphones in. And when I go check for the new Pick 6 podcast, I get excited when I see a podcast that was released that said hour and 45 minutes. Well, you're in for a treat today, my friend. Ragu Bing, I got good news for you. <laughs> Happy Memorial Day. Yeah, Ragu Bing. Uh, this is without a doubt the best NFL podcast around. I love it. Start my day every morning with it and wish there was even more content, but I know you guys have a life. Not really. Uh, that's me saying that. I love the new dunk dunk drop. Makes me laugh every time. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> should we give him one? No, actually, I can't even get it to load on my computer now. I think, uh, is that, uh, I love this podcast. Although I am an Arizona Cardinals fan, and while I know they are not America's team, I would appreciate it if you guys showed Arizona a little more love. Thanks guys. Have a great day. Now you left this you're, on. You're on the Arizona Cardinals bandwagon, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm all in on the Arizona Cardinals. I think. I think we all love Kyler Murray. Is there anyone who's anti Kyler Murray? Sean, put him nineteenth. This is uh... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I would say to take the Lord's name in vain. That he should listen, and he loves to listen. Is good because he's going to hear a lot about the Cardinals this year. Because as we just said, Brinson loves them, and that means if they're awesome, that's all Brinson's going to mention that every is, single week. A hundred percent. Person in the Cardinals bandwagon. Hundred percent. And if they're not good. That's all me and Sean are going to mention is how wrong Brinson was that the Cardinals were going to be good and they in fact didn't end up being good. So, uh, yeah. And you know, I, I am sorry that Brinson is jinxing your team because if the uh, Cardinals start four and I will Chargers, be how this works out. If the Cardinals start four and I will be absolutely insufferable. I feel and like I, if you weren't picking the Bucks to make the Super Bowl in the NFC, you would pick the Cardinals. Cardinals Colts. I might still do Cardinals. He'll, still do it. He'll change up yeah. until August. Real quick on that 4-0, I wrote a story last week on the easiest schedule stretches for any team in the NFL. Cardinals had the third easiest stretch, and it was weeks two through five. So if they can beat the 49ers in week one, they get the Redskins at home, the Lions at home, Panthers on the road, Jets on the road, all very winnable games. So you upset the 49ers, maybe you start 5-0. and Yeah, I mean, so their, their bye is week eight. Four, as you said, 49ers, Redskins. I mean, the, the, 
it's just there's three straight road games there at Carolina, at New York, at Dallas, which is obviously not easy to deal with three straight road games. But uh, uh, only two because they're traveling to Carolina and New York in one swing. They aren't going home. Good point, Breach. And then the Dallas game is a Monday night game. Um, so you have a little bit of a break there as well. Uh, I wouldn't be stunned if they went five and two to start their first, their opening, their first seven games. That would be amazing. Yeah. Any more thoughts on that? I mean, we did some sort of, t- I mean, like, like, are we sold on Cliff Kingsbury? Like part of me thinks that he's just too pretty for the job. <laughs> I thought he, I thought that he got a lot better as the season went along. Like I think he, I was very worried, especially with all the red zone kicking that he did last year. Um, Early on, it seemed like he was a little bit overwhelmed as a as a coach. Maybe he was trying to protect Kyler early on. Maybe he felt comfortable as the season went on. It just felt like he got more and more comfortable. By the way, when I say too pretty, I, I mean he's obviously handsome. But you know, Breach's doppelganger, Matt Lafleur, is handsome too. But my point I mean, is that you know, Cliff Kingsbury is by far and away the best looking head coach, right? But my point is that you see him sitting at his um, little house. There Andy, Andy Reid, Mike McCarthy, <laughs> Belichick. <laughs> He's the top of every list. Let's just put him at the top of this. Belichick's list. Top, well, top five for me. We should rank and like, hot hot hottie coaches. He's What about Kyle Shanahan? Is he? We should do it by ages, see? like thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. That's yeah. that is what the old guy would say. Where's, where's Zach Taylor? <laughs> Zach Taylor's top five. Well, the great news is I'm the oldest and I'm the handsomest, so it wouldn't work in this scenario. Is there anyone in their seventies coaching? No, Pete Carroll's the oldest at sixty-seven. Oh, yeah. He's a top five. Pete Carroll's a silver fox. Yeah, man. he's he's a smoke show. But anyway, uh, to my point, the only I thing think, is, I think Pete Carroll's almost—he's sixty-eight and he turned sixty-nine in September. You just wanted to say that. Is Gronk going to give him a birthday cake? Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> but my point is just that it was hard for me sometimes to take Kingsbury seriously when he's sitting at his that fancy house and all that other stuff during the draft. When when Bill <laughs> Belichick's sitting there with his dog at that at his grandma's kitchen table. But yeah, no, you did a better job towards the end of the season. And they're plus eight hundred to win the division. <laughs> it was like twelve. Uh, I like, I like totals. That. Win totals breach six and a half. I think it's five and a half. Seriously, seven. Juice. It's seven. Now. Seven. Seven. It is up to seven. Ooh, Everybody's on. jumping on the car. You gonna bet the over on that, Brentson? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. And not only is it seven, but the over's juiced. It's negative one thirty. I think it was like five and a half when it first came out. You got moving lines. Everyone is all over that. And I will say the one thing we talked about the Cardinals on HQ a couple weeks ago. My only concern, you know, obviously Cliff Kingsbury with a lot more comfortable coaching at the NFL level as the season went on. You know, as you guys said, the special team stuff wasn't taking the, the field goals all the time. And Kyler Murray looked better, but they did struggle against almost every good defense that they played. Yeah. And so they need a way. They can't do that this year. Otherwise, they're not going to be good. So, you know, being the Bengals and the Giants and the Browns is three or five wins. You know, that's not all that impressive. So they need to be. And I'm obligated to point out every time it happens, they lost to Duck Hodges in Arizona. Yeah. They three, lost. five and one in one score games last year. Um, they finished five, 10 and one, but profile is a six, uh, six, a more, a better than six win team. Vance Joseph, uh, concerns me a little bit on defense. Like I don't yeah. think he's been exceptionally creative, but the, you know, you add, like Their defense they, wasn't great last year. It wasn't necessarily because of him. I mean, they got yeah. they drafted some guys. Got Isaiah Simmons. We'll see how he turns out. Yeah, and, and they signed they signed uh, Jordan Phillips out yeah. of uh, Buffalo. He's a good player to beef up the defensive line. Chandler Jones has been outstanding the last two years. Uh, Patrick Peterson should be back at full speed. Jordan Hicks they added, who I think is underrated as a linebacker if he can stay healthy. And Buda ben, Jones Buda fell ben. their lap in the third round. Yeah, if that offensive line stays healthy, I think Kyler has a huge year. So I just realized that they cut uh they cut Terrell Suggs, right? He wanted out. 
Yeah. They, they just signed a one-year. He, he wanted to go to the Ravens, and he went to the Chiefs to win a Super Bowl. Yes. Oh, right, right. They did cut him. Yeah, yeah, in the middle of yeah. last year. Yeah. I was just thinking he, he got that Super Bowl ring. They backdoored that Super Bowl ring. He has two now. Yeah. Nice job, T-Sizzle. Uh, that's right. Hard uh, hard knocks you? Hard knocks you? Uh, uh, ball so hard. Ball so hard you. That's right. Uh, okay, last one. Get to the break in an hour. Diva's going to murder me. Super <laughs> friends. Hey, uh, this is from walking. I forgot there was a Schottenheimer interview after this. I was just telling you. He's like, he said, by the way, he said Schottenheimer in hole for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Shotty, my man. Sorry. I'll be right back. I just hold the phone one second. Yeah. Um, super friends. This is from walking creeper again. Uh, hey, I'm back and I'm not changing my name, but I just wanted to know if you have any tips to stay in shape for a six foot. 150-pound defensive end slash tight end in seventh grade. Like this is probably in Sean's wheelhouse since he's the one who works out. When I see, when I see these reviews from younger listeners, I, I'm thrilled that we have a younger demographic. But it does make me like check myself and like, eh, if I, maybe. my son is in seventh grade, and I can't imagine listening to four morons talk about. Football. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough, I can't imagine anyone in any. Yeah, my son has been Robbie has been swearing occasionally. And he it. no, he says it in like, in like literally the exact same inflection that I say it. Yeah, of course he does. I mean, but kids in seventh grade are watching rated R movies at that point for the most part. Well, my son is They're six. My, far worse yeah, than what my, we say. My son is six, so that's a bit of a bit more of a problem. He's he, talking about creeper. He no, he was playing. Yeah, no, he was. Robbie was playing a video game the other day, and he was like, "This level is so GD hard." And, and I was like, oh my God, that sounded like me. Oh boy. Like I've definitely said that on like complaining about a video game in the last like six months. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't, I'm not. If you hear that? Don't do that to Annabelle. That's the last. Yeah. Don't let Andy hear you cuss. Um, how long, I wonder how long I'll keep this little gag I where I call I think her name is, I think they call her AB though. Breach, yeah. if it bothers you that I, that I say that, let me know, please, by the way. No, it doesn't bother me at all. Okay. Cool. I actually, I told that to my wife and she thought it was hilarious. <laughs> That's okay, cool. Well, <laughs> you made a joke that I named her after Andy Dalton and her name was Andy Bell. <laughs> I don't know if you remember saying that. And, uh, she got a pretty good laugh out of that. And she has red, reddish hair, so it makes sense. <laughs> well, I, I, like, I, you know, parenting, when you become a parent and people say stuff about your kids, you know, like it's, it, it, it hits different, you know? It, so, it depends where it comes from too. Sure. You know, like yeah, when, I mean, like, when someone's wishing death on your kid on Twitter, that's an issue. When, no, you know, like for instance, you've dealt with some crap. I haven't had to do that because I don't have a baby and people love babies. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you've dealt with some stuff, but like when it's come from you guys, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, so any, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm not in shape right now. So, um, <laughs> you didn't, that's not like news. You don't have to announce that. Sean, what do you, what if I, first of all, six feet is really tall for seventh grader. 150 pounds is pretty big. I was four feet in seventh grade. <laughs> Are you still, you're, you're seventh grader right now? That's what, so, uh, I'm, so I'm, so I'm shorter and way more than him. That's great. Right. <laughs> He's a tight end. So I guess that makes you a, a linebacker. You have, you have to cover him. I mean, the Brinsons are a stocky group. Like, I've never been. Charlie's I, tall, though, right? Charlie's 6'3". My brother. My wow, little, what brother. happened to you? Well, ask, ask, He's younger, right? <laughs> you could ask what happened to the postman. Ooh. Or the milkman, so what we used to say back the milkman, then. Yeah. More milkman. Yeah. I would say, for this kid, though, it's all about just staying in really, really good shape. I think a good thing to do. On a, His advice you, for staying in good shape is to stay in good shape. <laughs> yeah, duh. No, but if you have a football field or something, that's, I know, Sean, you do a that's lot of Zach uh, Taylor. That's the Zach Taylor version of getting in shape. Just go out there and throw touchdowns, Ryan Finley. Just go out there and throw touchdowns. <laughs> it's that easy. 
But if you have like a football field or something like that, you know, do like uh, where you do 10 yards back, 20 yards back, 30 yards back, 40 yards back, basically the intermittent sprints. And that's a good way to stay in football shape when there's nothing else to do. You could even find a parking lot Sounds and, and awful. touch lines and keep going. What? Just do wins. You like go do wind sprints? Yeah. When, <laughs> dude, when you're playing football in middle school, the idea is just being better shape than everyone else. So I actually, I actually think that's that. Advice, I actually agree with that. That's no, fine. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think that um, for as much as we joke about Tom Brady, like I, I really do think if you look at the trend of professional athletes, like back, like you guys, have, have, we, have we all watched the Last Dance? No, I haven't seen it all, but go ahead. Okay, no, wait, 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 it's it's fine. At one point, they're they, they they're like Michael Jordan's like I had to read spoilers. Well, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan decides to really start lifting weights one offseason. He got bigger and stronger to deal with the Pistons. Um, that's what people did in the eighties and nineties. It's like crazy, like weights. Um, and I think that, I really think that the earlier in your athletic career that you could sort of start to get into like pliability stuff and mobility and flexibility, like it's going to, it's going to A, prevent injuries early on and B, it's going to let you play longer and be more versatile in how you play. Like that's the, that's what you hear from athletes now is that like doing that mobility and that pliability stuff goes a long way, like strengthening your, like I don't have a core right now. Like I just have like a jiggly, right jiggly mess of like IPA and bourbon. Uh, like there's no, there's no abs. I like, I don't have any abs left. They're just, well, this guy's in seventh grade. So he doesn't have to worry about having a jiggly mess of IPAs and bourbon, for instance. But that's, but my point is like he should be working on strengthening his core because I think that will, uh, help him, uh, like, like I want to get back and I want to start doing like more yoga and like more flexibility stuff for golf purposes. Cause it, it, it helps your swing. It helps you stay looser as you get older. Um, I wish I'd gotten into that sooner. My other advice would be switch positions to kicker. That's your best route to the NFL. Or go be a baseball. Your concussions, longer career. Or go be a baseball, be a baseball pitcher. Yeah. Just, yeah, a, a left-handed one. Go be a left-handed baseball pitcher. Get his left, left-footed punter. Ooh, that's where the money's at. And just hope Bill Belichick lasts ten more years. Who's the Who's the punter from Tennessee that went on to be a baseball player who's really good? I think he ended up being a coach. He's a USC coach recently. God, what was his name? Dang it! There's Tom Tuba. <laughs> Played some quarterback. Played in the nineties and probably the early aughts. A punter from Tennessee who's the USC coach? I think he played like for the Colorado Rockies too. Like he was, a, he was a. Are you talking about Todd Helton? Yeah, Helton. That, no, Clay Helton is the USC coach. <laughs> Todd, Todd Helton was the Todd Helton's a former baseball player. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Todd Helton was the. It's not that funny, Sean. It's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> funny. You got Todd Helton to coach. I mean, they, they have the same last name. Is he talking about Clay Helton? It's not, it's not that crazy. I've said, but I've he, said much worse. But anyway, so they're the same player. So, so in Ryan's mind. Professional baseball player Todd Helton <laughs> left the left Major League Baseball as like I think I'll coach the USC Fighting Trojans, and he did a great job. <laughs> yeah, they, they always want to fire him. Yeah, but the fact that he left baseball and just randomly coached football—that's oh, amazing. Right, that that is a difficult. That no, is a... but he, I think I think uh, Todd the Clay Helton was was a punter. See if he was a punter. Maybe I got the Todds and the Clays mixed up. Yeah, I don't think Todd Helton was a punter. Oh, okay. Dang it. Never mind. Clay Helton, 40 and 22. Let's see, what was he? I just saw Helton and I, I ran with it. He was a uh, quarterback at Auburn and Houston. Not even close. All right. I mean, Auburn's in the SEC. <laughs> was Todd Helton a punter at least? <laughs> On the Wikipedia page, the very first thing. Charles, I, Clay, I was, Charles uh... Clay Helton, born June 24th, 1972, is an American football coach and former player. He is not related to Todd Helton. <laughs> and, and Todd Helton was uh, Peyton Manning's backup quarterback. Todd Helton. 
All right. Are we talking about Tom Tupa? No, but I will say this. Pat McNally went to Harvard. Perfect score on the uh, Wonderlich breach. And then where did he end up? I don't know. Where did he end up? I know he went to the Bengals. Yeah, I knew that. With the Cincinnati. I knew him from back in the day when Ken Anderson and Jim Breach were on the team. And you know what? He wasn't just a punter. He also played some wide receiver. I want to know, know what punter. I was thinking about I don't know. I'm going to have to go think about that. Go look at the list of Tennessee punters from 1985 to present. See if I recognize <laughs> any names. <laughs> Uh, why you looked it up? Fun fact, Danny White. Do you guys even know who Danny White is? Wait, what about, what am I looking up? Cowboys quarterback? Oh, okay, I, yeah. I don't know what I'm looking up. Like, what am I, like, it's just a vague punter who may have become a head no, coach. Look he up, wants look. a list of all the punters that from played between what years? 85 and, and 2000. From, in the NFL? No, at the University of Tennessee. I think he played at Tennessee. That's even you don't really have to look it up. We can look, no one wants to hear this. But you also thought Clay Helton was Todd Helton, so I don't know. Yeah, and that one of We can trust your memory. Right. Do we wait? Is his last name Helton? No, I don't know. I thought it was Helton, but clearly I was wrong. We just, and this guy went on to be a coach. No, I don't know. I don't know anything <laughs> other than the fact that he was a Tennessee punter. Because you've blown holes in all my other theories. Did he, did he play in the NFL? How are you going to recognize this guy's name? I'm going to look it up after we get off the podcast. That's how. So I'm going through all the names right now. How are you? There's actually a list of Tennessee punters. No, I'm, I went to their sports reference and I'm hitting next year. I'm scrolling down oh, gosh. from 85 to now. That's I think, I think Ryan. the way that you would want to do it, Sean, is to go to, um, please, please not do this. No one wants to hear this. No, we're I doing it. We got to, we got to wrap this up. No, we got, we got to, we got to figure out, Sean, what the, the move would be is you go to draft <laughs> reference. Go to Pro Football Reference and do draft. You can search Tennessee punters draft in the NFL. But we don't know if he played in the NFL. Yeah, we don't know if he played in the NFL. I mean, should, is it, <laughs> We're was, literally just looking up random punters, and we have no idea why or what significance they have. I know who it is. Who is oh! It? Dustin Colquitt. No, it's not a Colquitt. No, Colquitt. both Colquitts played at Tennessee. Hmm. Kent Elmore? There's only three There's only three punters drafted at Tennessee. Maybe I'm misremembering. What's the other name you just said? David Leverton and Kent, Kent, El- Kent Elmore. No, no. I dang it, I thought it was a. Oh, it was Texas, not Tennessee. They very well, that could be what it is. Oh, Nebraska, obviously. It was William and Mary. Or maybe it was, Tennessee. maybe it was USC. And that's why you're confused about Helton. Um, I don't think so. Okay. I'm looking at the punters now. Yeah. I don't know who it is. I have to, I have to do some more research on this. This is what happens when you get old, guys. <laughs> hey, well, we need an update on the next podcast. I'll make sure that happens. Yeah. I, I, I didn't anyway, know. to finish my story, Danny White, former Cowboys quarterback. Do you guys know where he went to college? Uh, USC? Close, Arizona State. Okay. But he also, he was also the quarterback and was, the punter. Was he there when Pete was there? Uh, he may have been. He must be older than Pete, I think. He must Old be. Oh, Pete Prisco went there. Not, not, uh, he was there. Danny White was there before 74 because he was drafted in 74. How old is he on the page? Does it say how old he is? 68. Oh, yeah, he was there before Pete. Pete's 59. Yeah. Um, anyway, he was the punter and the full-time quarterback and full-time punter. You don't see that anymore. You sure don't. Um, okay. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. 
At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.